Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers Podcast. Welcome to episode 102 of the podcast. If you listen to the last episode, you should know what what game we're talking about this time. We're, we're going to try to keep that going until we run out of games or we get behind. <laughs> but before we jump into that game, I'm going to go through the quick social media stuff and we'll get to the fun stuff. You can find us on all the social media platforms just by searching the podcast name. Uh, sorry, it's a long name, but uh, that's that's just how it is. There, you can keep track of the coming and goings of the podcast. Uh, most importantly, we want people to come to our Twitch streams, which we do with our cousin slash podcast editor Brian. We have a lot of fun with those. Right now, we're going through Wo Long. Wo Long. What's the subtitle? Fallen Dynasty. Fallen Dynasty, which has been pretty interesting. Something we thought we'd we, we'd be really really terrible at, which we. We're, we are. We're, we're, we're passing. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're actually getting through it so, well, so we, far. Our last playthrough went really well. We made it through... Like two or three levels? Two, all the way to a... Well, we have like the sub-levels and the main level. We made it all the way through a main level and to the boss and took the boss out in one, one shot. That's true. Which was surprising. It's unheard of for most Souls hikes. Yeah, yeah, for so us. You could follow us on there and drop in when we go live at uh, twitch.tv forward slash two smoky controllers come hang out and talk to us about games and whatever other nerdy stuff y'all are up to. And lastly, we have a, a store and a Patreon page. I'm lazy. I have not made any. I need to get in the store to uh, update shirts and stuff with the, to also add, add in shirts with the new logo and stuff like that. I need to do that. And the uh, Patreon page, of course, you get the podcast uh, a week early. And uh, if you ever want to name an episode, you, you'll have the option in there, too, if anyone wants to take advantage of that. Cause we like having funny long names for our podcast because it's a joke that's only funny to me and Blake. Both store and Patreon just support the cost of making the podcast, which, like Blake always says, that just pretty much is just money to pay for new, new art from Devious. And if we ever made enough money, we, we'd throw Brian a penny or two based on performance. Based on performance, yeah. <laughs> Uh, links to all this stuff can be found in the show notes if you want to type out all the name I'll have I'll have it all in the show notes you can just scroll down and just click on stuff go right there and give us a follow or you know talk to us or anything you want to do like that with that out of the way we'll let Blake take over with introducing the game and then we'll talk about it for a little while and we did kind of juxtapose like a darker game and we kind of juxtaposed to a sort of a much lighter toned game oh yeah and shorter too much shorter. You're welcome, Brian. The as you already know, uh, the game that we're going to be jumping into is called Tinykin.
Now, Tinykin originally came out August 30th, 2022, and is developed by Splash Team, which is an 11-person team based out of Montpellier, France. The cool thing about Montpellier is also the same people who... It's not the same team, but in the same city, which is kind of cool, is the developers as Stray, which we talked about in episode 79. Oh, cool. So they're in the same city, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I like Tiny Kid more than I like Stray. Possibly. Stray, was Stray had potential, stag- but was... Staggeringly overrated. Overhyped. But let's yeah. not talk about them. But I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was cool. They were based in the mm. same city. It's 11 people. They've only made two games so far. Well, actually, one cool thing I did find out recently. Good thing I... Because I wrote these notes a little bit ago, and I rehashed them some last night, some this morning. It's like a, a go-over. Is They've made two games, and they've been part of a production team for a Disney Plus TV show. Hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see that with the art. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. So the first game they developed was called Splasher. And it's just a 2D platformer with some crazy game mechanics about, like... Um, splashing turning into like a puddle of water to like soften your landing or going through splashes of of water to make it or using it as like a a a speeding thing to speed up as you're sliding off a ramp it seems you know it's 2d platformer it's not always my bag but it was okay and then we have this game tinykin and now the other thing they only they only did one episode of the of this tv show and it's Mm -hmm. called i may butcher this name and i apologize kizazi moto generation fire it's like got 10 episodes it started in july earlier this year and it's 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 first season is done now but it's an ongoing story but every episode the art style changes and they go from cgi to 2d to to like some pastel colors and based off the artwork i think they did episode two I couldn't really tell. So it's, just, so it's not like it's not like the what's that Star Wars show Visions? It's not like Visions. It's this where is each different. It's an on. It's an ongoing story. Ongoing story, but every That'd episode jarring. Jarring a little bit, but kind of maybe first time I've seen. Do, usually when you, when they change artists, it's like an anthology like Visions mm-hmm. is. Or I've seen that in in like comic books to speed up production, and it's they made me mad when they change, they change artists. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Tony Moore makes fantastic art but he never makes it fast enough and they always end up changing art off him yeah. Tony Moore yeah the original walk the original walking down original gorgeous detail but that's neither here nor there but I thought that was really cool that they're yeah that they're a part of a production company because I just figured that out because I was trying to go to their IMDB page to make sure that I had stuff for the the creators and I was like what is what the heck is this they made a TV show I thought and it, it just it looks to be just the oh, one episode cool. which is still really cool especially for Disney plus so that's it is pretty cool thank you guys I wish you luck and what's coming up because this this, this this was the TV show the last thing they've worked on so far mm-hmm yeah as, as part of a production company well anything else um, well, I have a bit of a breakdown for, because the game actually had two directors, and then I have a little bit for, actually not hardly anything for the writer, but a little bit for the composer. Yeah. I'll go ahead and just, so for the writer, it's fastest thing, his name, uh, it's French, so I want to apologize if I butcher any of these names, I may, but I believe his name is uh, Benoit Marquette, okay. and this is the only thing he's written, and I find it's kind of funny, because I couldn't find anything else on him. But I was able to find a LinkedIn page that was his his LinkedIn page, but it was in French and I couldn't read it. I had to download Google Translate. And I was like, I'm not doing that right now. I'm going to apologize in advance for that because I did not read most of this game. I was kind of. Um, I mean, the game itself it's not very deep. 
it's not very deep at first. You find out that pretty. I was reading for the first maybe hour or so, and I, and I kind of got kind of got the gist of like what I was getting into, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna just kind of. I was enjoying. I was enjoying playing it. But I was just like, there's games like that. Obviously, really, I don't really. I kind of don't care what anybody's saying. I just want to. A lot of it jump was, around the world and do the fun stuff. The problem with that is the majority of the writing were just references to other things. Oh, was it? Yeah, like I have a picture of it. Let me see if I can find it super quick. Yeah. Okay. Here, like one of them was a an X Files thing. Yeah. And then there was like a a Pokemon one, which happened to be my favorite thing. Because it, I'll get to that later, but it ended up being, it was just really cool how it worked out. Because there's a Pokemon thing in like red and blue where there's a secret switch in the, in Celadon City where you like behind a poster. Yeah. And it activates a whole thing and a whole underground lab. And I was missing like eight uh, little Tynikin in your part of the, the collection thing. And I, w- I could not find them. So I was just walking around talking to everybody. And this person's like, there's not a s- switch behind that poster. What are you talking about? And I talked to the poster, and it was a switch behind the poster. It did a whole little behind the thing. It's just a Pokemon reference. Yeah. Just, just a Pokemon reference, but it led to the achievement. Gotta, gotta get them all at yeah. the exact same time, I, which I thought was really serendipitous of that working out in my favor. Yeah. That I, I, the Pokemon reference being my favorite thing, and it leading me to what let me get all the collectibles in the game. It was what I was missing, which was awesome. Right. But it's it's a boatload of just different references. Uh, yeah. To to me, that references is. That's the age we're in now. We, we've talked about writing before. We talk about writing a lot on this podcast, I feel like. Maybe not deep enough sometimes, but enough that we're like, nostalgia and references is not good writing. No. No. It's, it, it's, it's, it's lazy and pointless. That, and we'll talk about it eventually. We can mention it slightly here for like a second. We're playing Final Fantasy 16, and they drop the F word constantly, and that's that's just lazy. That's yeah. shock value for no reason. South Park does it and stuff like that these days. Cuss words for the sake of cuss words bores me to tears mm-hmm. and uh, references. I cannot stand constantly being bombarded by reference. It, 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 yeah. I'm just over it. Yeah, I get it. But this is the only thing he's written, and I did think it was funny that he's actually working on a... For a writer, especially in this day and age, we just came off the, the writer strike, or the BAFTA, whatever, writer yeah. strike. SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA. Is he is uh, working on a an of writing AI, oh, which I think is kind of so funny. Maybe not a great guy. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know him. Yeah. But that's that's just the writer. He's wrote this thing, and he's currently working on it. It's called Teslon, Teslon uh, AI. It's a writing AI. Now, the composer, Alexis Langier, I think I pronounced that right, he is on, or she, Alexis is unisex, so I'm say they. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. They have worked on three games, each of which has a a Spotify playlist so for for the album, so you can find some pretty cool stuff. The, well, technically four. My bad. Three full albums, and then one song on another album. You have this one, Tinykin. Then another one called As Far as the Eye, which came out in 2020. And then 2023 is a game called Calix, K-A-L-L-A-X. And then they did a single song for a game called Road 96 and they just yeah, I played that and the song that a song called Revolution 96 and they did that song yeah I played that a little bit um, I thought I was going to like it a lot more than I did it's, it's fairly well received and has a sequel I think you, you, you walked when I was playing it when we were traveling down that road it's kind of procedural and you can make different choices and you can either die oh, on okay. the road or you okay. can kind of get to the end I think I remember that like you were uh, yeah, over the road driver I didn't, you didn't play it, and I didn't get all the way really through it, so it probably won't be on the podcast. 
but it's cool that it's kind of you know small world and video game making that that reached out to that and then that's like i said that's the writer and the composer and now our co-founders and co-directors we have marie marquette who I don't know if she's related to the writer. I couldn't find any correlation. It's possible with a small team like this that they could be related. But this is the only thing that she has directed. And she has uh, had an appearance in two episodes of some French TV shows, which I couldn't pronounce the name of because <laughs> I am a stupid American. But then we have Roman Claude. Roman, yeah, Roman Claude. And he worked for Ubisoft from 08 to 2012. And while he was there, his main thing was he was lead game designer for Rabbits Go Home. Remember that Wii game? Yeah. The Rabbits Go Home. We probably have it sitting around the house somewhere. Yeah. He also worked on a game in 2020 called Paper Beast, which I couldn't find much on. It must just be a smaller title. And, of course, uh, Tinykin. And that's it. Like I said, a small team. No, no offense to him. But he actually he worked at Ubisoft for a long, long time. Matter of fact, he worked there so long he created an in, uh, an engine. Matter of fact, where go, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, okay. During his work at Ubisoft, he developed a game engine called the XNA Framework, and it's based on. Now, I'm reading this verbatim. I'm not smart, so if this sounds like a robot talking, it's because I'm talking like a robot. The Microsoft XNA Framework is based on the net compact framework 2.0 for the xbox 360 development kits so he worked on basically it's like an enhanced version of the 360 development kit and he he and they liked it so much they implemented it as the next official thing so he did pretty well when it came to programming and then there's a whole other thing i'm not going to get into but the fact that he worked on that and i thought that was really cool and it's it was operating systems for XP, Vista, Windows 7, Windows Phones, and the 360. So he worked on a part of the code that they liked so much that they implemented it across all boards. So I they made him like a full-time job at Microsoft. They, they're like, I'm sure there's like, oh, that's really cool. Here's some money. Go away. If you have something, they may have been like a freelance gig or something. But I just thought that was really cool and definitely worth bringing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some other stuff I'll add, but as we get into it, but do you want to talk about anything else? No, we can do the very good game. Yeah. So Tinykin, I've ever written down as a 2D, 3D adventure puzzle game. Yeah, how's that for genre? That sound good to you? Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's it's 2D character, 2D drawn characters moving around in 3D environments. It looks pretty cool. I uh, wouldn't have played this game at a passing glance, but thankfully, me and Blake did look at we look at video game trailers when we want we to see to. gameplay. We want to see gameplay. So the the look of the game and the gameplay uh, of the trailer is what got us to get it get into it. Uh, pretty early in the game, you'll realize it's very the gameplay is very similar to Pikmin or the Wild at Heart, which we've talked about on the podcast before. It's pretty like the two. I mean, it's very like Wild at Heart was just you know a two D Pikmin. So oh, this yeah. is more along the lines of what Pikmin is. I, ironically enough, I've played played and beat Wild at Heart, played and beat this, never played a Pikmin game. I probably never will because they're on Nintendo consoles and I don't get achievements. <laughs> yeah, that happens <laughs> quite a bit for us. Yeah, I don't beat I don't beat any Nintendo games. It never happens. I've been trying to work my way through Kirby's Forgotten City or whatever it's called, and I keep getting bored. Anyway, like I said, it was inspired by both Pikmin and Paper Mario, which the 2D and the 3D they quote those. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, having not played Paper Mario. It felt the art for the characters in the 2D world, 3D space felt a lot like a game 
we didn't much care for, but we did play and has been on the podcast. Oh, away? Yes. Away, Journey of the Unexpected. The... Okay, which, is, which was a strange, it was a very quirky game. We, I, think we talked, I don't know if we, did we beat that game and, and talk about it on the podcast. We, we did. Just, it's we been it? on the podcast. I didn't write down what episode, but it has been on the podcast. Yeah. Kind of like a, I'm calling, it's hard to say Saturday morning cartoon anymore because one, do, do those exist? And if they do... For Saturday morning cartoons for us was twenty years ago. So yeah. if it's the same as it was, I don't now, think kind of, it, to me it kind of like pops like a Saturday morning cartoon or, or early Cartoon Network kind of art style. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. I liked it. Yes, <laughs> and in the three, the three D environments are just um, they. I guess they kind of match the, match the style of the of the characters, mm-hmm. but they're but they're like just like three D. And uh, it's, go ahead and say at the start it is you are it's called Tiny and you are. I don't remember why, because we'll talk about on the end, like where your character comes from. But you, when you land here, you cr- you crash or you just land. I think you probably every, every video game you're crashing somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so you're really small, but the environment you're in are human, like human size, like regular environments. We're talking like a first you land in like a hallway, which is whatever. But then you go to like there's a a kitchen, there's a bathroom. That's like but it's all life size, and you're I don't know how big you are, a couple like one or two, three inches tall in the environment. Yeah, and the game's actually gone through several, at least two iterations. Now, it, their initial development came out in 2017, where they had another game that was supposed to be a sequel to Splasher. They didn't like it originally, and it was called... Actually, they didn't say what the original game was called, but they didn't like it, so they ended up scrapping that idea. And then for Global Game Jam 2019 there's a prompt that's what does home mean to you? That was the prompt for that year's thing. And so they started making a game called bubble town and the, uh, the creator Roman Claude, what he tacked on, he's like, what does home mean to you? And then why do you want to (laughs) leave? And we thought that was a, you know, in-house little joke. And so they made bubble town and it went over fairly well. Now they didn't win, but it, it was enough for them to get started. So they took bubble town and then they changed, they added in the elements such as the tiny can and all that stuff. But it was called Cerbers. C-B-I-R-Z. Cerbers, maybe. <laughs> and it was supposed to come out in late in 2022. It was supposed to come out the same year as, as Tinykin. But once they finished it, they the entire team said that it felt empty. And so they ended up essentially rebuilding it again from the ground up and adding in a bunch of like silly little characters. They're like, if we're in this giant house, what 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 else do you encounter in giant houses? And they're like, bugs. insects, insects, insects <laughs> bugs, insects. And so they created a bunch of different tribes of insects and filled the world with a bunch of characters. And I think that may have been what led, oh, we don't have enough dialogue for these people. Let's just throw in a bunch of references. And then once it became filled, it was, it had, be, it had turned into something different. So they, they rechanged everything, even to the point that the main character's name was Angus. And the little creatures were called the Cerbers. And then, you know, then that was it. You're just running around, just creating puzzles, interacting with the environment. And they added all the characters and so Ironically on. Ironically, so is what I ended up doing when I was playing. Just and not around. really talking yeah, to the characters. Really talking to anybody. Yeah. He said his name. His name actually changed, obviously, in the final thing. he's uh, You play as Milodane. Yeah. I think it's said somewhere. I think it's pronounced Milodane. It's, I think it's, yeah. yeah. He's an archaeologist, apparently from a place called Aegis, and he's trying to, pr- he's out flying around in space, trying to prove Earth is humanity's homeworld. This is all kind of done through an, a, a, a voiced opening cutscene, 
And it's just about the end of the voice acting till later in the I game. I think that the, in the very ending has voice acting. The very acting. ending has some voice acting. Yeah, so you're, you, you have the opening cutscene, which I hate voice openings that lead to no talking in games. And even worse is when you find out when you meet your first character, uh, Redmi. Kind of, kind of, I didn't write down what kind of bug anybody was. Everybody's bu- different different kinds of bugs. You meet Redmi, who's like an old, old old bug guy, and immediately the game goes into gibberish talk, which is the noise like behind behind the words. Yeah. I, that's irritating. People find it. I'd rather just turn that off. And... Cute and charming for some reason. It's just irritating, and I hate when games do that, especially when you had a voice right after you had a voiced opening. Mm. Yeah. Hey, very. Yeah, yeah. very uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Irksome. Yeah. Irksome, I think, is a good word. Uh, you do start. We're going. You're going to get, get to like the gameplay well, stuff. Just a little bit, kind of like, just to kind of show you what kind of what they were thinking. Is Milodon, uh, Milodon, was um, D A N E. I think it's Dane. Milodane. Yeah, Milodin, Milodane, uh was based off two separate people, which I th- and they they specifically said he was based off these two people. Is they wanted him based off Milo Thatch from the Disney movie Atlantis, which is where the Milo comes from. And he was also based off Dr. Daniel Jackson from Stargate, exploring humanities as being an archaeologist and exploring humanity's origins. That's cool, because we're currently watching that show. I, I thought I thought that was really cool. Just That's where they got the inspiration for his character from, and that's where they kind of... He got the glasses and everything, because that was his, where his reskin came from. Very cool. I think even like the bowl cut is almost... Milo Thatch because he has like a part down the middle and it's split back but yeah yeah, I thought that was kind of cool um, so apparently you start with um, kind of just kind of hopping around a little bit and kind of it's I don't want to say it's jarring because we watched the trailer but like when you start moving your little 2D character in 3D environment and kind of jumping around it kind of looks really uh, interesting you don't really I don't remember any other games to really compare this to because even Wild at Heart is 2D on 2D environments like there's no there's no 3D to that game at all so I don't know how many times we see 2D characters on 3D environments, but it looks really interesting. You start with the um, the bubble glide. I don't know if there's any explanation for it. It's yeah. your it's a safety thing. It's safety part of your part of your suit. Ba- I think it's your belt, belt or something. Your little yeah. So you kind of jump. It is it's a glide. Basically, a little bubble comes around you, and, it, and you can glide for a short period of time. Which we'll get to set. You meet a person who's going to upgrade that for you. The bubble glide's very important. It's one of your main one of your main things. As you're moving forward, you do run into your first tiny kin. There's multiple kinds. Five total. Five total. They get a funny little animated intro scene, and then you you get then they you get you start collecting them. You collect them. I don't know how you collect Pikmin. If Pikmin Pikmin are just lying around. I think you pluck them from the ground. Maybe so. That's kind of how this. You kind of there, there's little eggs all over the place, and you kind of run into the egg, and they kinda, they pop out and start following you. They are kind of locked to the area you're in. So when you go to a new area, you you start collecting one, collecting them, recollecting them again, which is part of the whole game. Uh, you always end up with a lot more than what you actually need. Which Thankfully. I, Thankfully, I guess that's for people who don't weren't, weren't like us trying to get. We got everything. Yeah. Um, the first one is the pink tinykin. Uh, his main thing is that they're, they're just strong. They're the ones like I guess like basic Pikmin you would use to just uh, carry stuff. What's it called? Wild at Heart had the same thing. I forget what they were called in Wild at Heart. Spearlings, something like that. So, but there's a super strong one in that too. It's kind of always the first, first first one, one you get. The basic. The basic one that's super strong that you get to move stuff for you. So that's what you kind of do in the opening area is you got to you get a feel for the game. That, play, that open area is called Transist, Transistor Crossing. You run around there for a minute. You're going to pass through this place again later, just going going somewhere else. But uh, this is a small tutor, tutorial area, collecting the pinks and uh, talking. Redmi's like talking jibber jabber the whole freaking time you're running around there. But he talks about um, getting a relic form, and you start collecting these relics. The relics sound important, but they're all like. 
the first relic I wrote down is like these safety goggles. So you got to get the get all your pink guys to carry these goggles into the next room, where they walk up to it and they chuck it in the hole because they don't change rooms. Yeah. Um, because you your main hideout is in like the air vents, your hub. Yeah, well the hub. Yeah, the yeah. hub. When you move into it, when you follow after that little area, you follow the where the goggles went and read me into the next little area. It's called the Crystal Workshop. That's your hub map. It's the where you kind of you from here you leave to the different sections of the game to it's collect kinda, the other parts. It's kind well because like I said, it's air ducts, so it's mm-hmm. kind, it kind of becomes at first it's you know just on this floor and then it becomes vertical as you go up and you yeah. have ways of uh, traversing yeah. inside the workshop. And you find other other areas and you they open doors back to it. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to come back here between uh, missions. It's really just a place to like. For you could come back and we pretty much come back here after every area and Redby just tells you the next place to go. There's not a lot that goes on here. You do meet um, other characters. I wrote down I forget what kind of bugs they are, but Prattle, which is a museum curator, he because uh, you have random like random collectibles and you kind of just collect them for him. He didn't really give you anything. I don't think he kind of t- maybe he tells you about. It. I don't remember, but they're they're kind of that's like the pointless collectible. There's like useful collectibles and there's every game has pointless collectibles. And then uh, Sakaru. He uh, he or she, I forget what it was, upgrades your bubble, your bubble suit for you, bubble mechanic. That's for collecting the pollen, which pollen is the most numerous collectible. I think it was pollen. I think he wants pollen. Yeah, pollen, because he wants the to yellow. make the pollen into nectar and sell the nectar or whatever. Yeah, tons of that at every level. Nothing, I, don't know, I don't know if there's any of it in this little hub area. I don't remember if there's any hub. Yeah, I think there's a little bit everywhere. It's those the, the floating yellow balls. Oh, yellow balls. The main what the main thing. The reason why you're building this stuff is supposedly you're building a ship. There's a big blueprint plastered to the wall that Redmi had. I think Redmi Red got Me it. Found from, it or he found it or he got it from the the big. What's the name of the guy that everybody worships? Ardwin. Ardwin. So I think he must have. He thinks he he must have got it. I forget how he he must have got it from Ardwin. He's going to build the ship to like. He thinks it was a gift from Ardwin so that we can ascend to his realm because Ardwin is their version of God. Pretty much. So, hub area, not a lot to do here, but Red Me, before you go up to the next area, does give you something really cool. And you, and when he first hands it to you, you're like, oh, this is kind of dumb, but and like, then you start playing with the, the soap board. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Soap board. The soap board's really cool. I only had it backfire on me one time, where, because it's pretty auto-locking, yeah. I think was the term I'm looking for. Well, because it, it'll lock onto uh, rails and it locks onto corners, mm-hmm. corners of like cupboards, any kind of corner you're you're, yeah. you're moving towards. But you you just hop on it. Literally, it's a piece of soap that you jump on like a super slippery surf, surfboard. And you just grind through like well, it's these these little ropes, but I think it's floss. Yeah. That's connecting from point to point. Is not is it not a little, a little spider doing it? Yeah, but you have to like hit the spider. Well, okay, so I guess it's. Thread, thread, spider yeah. thread. My bad. I thought it was like so. The soap board actually grinds up and down those really, really fast. It's like a, it's, you're using this quite a bit. It's all throughout the levels. And there is no. It's not like a, other games where you're like, oh, I got to get upgrade to go to go backwards up this doohickey. No, you can slide up and down them as soon as you get it, and then you get the tutorial about using it inside that the workshop. Yeah, I like the soap board. It's fun. Oh yeah, I used it. You, yeah, you pretty much going to use it in any time you're moving anywhere. It's it's, it's faster than walking. If it can't go uphill, obviously, because you just you just slide right back down. Yeah, because it's a you know soapy soap bar. Just don't drop it. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Anyway, <laughs> so I guess because we go into the, our first area, which has a name, and it's called the city of Sanctar, mm-hmm. and it's it's a bedroom. 
It's, it's a, a pretty much a bedroom. I level. think it's a child's bedroom because there's like toy blocks and everything. It's like a kid's. Well, there's, there's a spoiler. There's a toy room later. So I'm not exactly. It's a big. Remember the toy section that hold the whole toy level later. Okay, so this, this might just be like, the bedroom. Just, just a bedroom level. Well, there are there, toys, but like, there's a whole like thing built in the middle. So it, maybe it's just multiple kids or something. But this room it has got a nice. I went through last night and some this morning and listened to the Spotify playlist of all the music, and this may have been my favorite song. You know what, you know what it's called? It's just called The City of Sanctar. And it was the most, like, it was like a nice little ditty. Mm -hmm. It was kind of fun and happy-go-lucky. And this is where you're introduced to one of your first sanctions of people. This is the shield bugs, Mm -hmm. I believe. And there's their whole society down here. And also, okay, so yeah, you're introduced to your next Heineken here Mm -hmm. almost immediately, ain't you? Pretty much. You don't know what that, I think you actually gather, you might actually, because you're kind of cut, you're, Come into like a bit of a talk, bit of a talking. You're kind of told what to do a little bit, and then you're kind of really just cut loose. I was gonna, we were gonna, I was gonna follow a guide for this game initially, but once you're kind of cut loose, it seemed boring to follow the follow guide. Follow a guide, you kinda, to... yeah, you kind of because the game you can't miss anything really. I mean, you can. You, can't, you can go back, you can go back anywhere and do yeah. anything you want. Um, so I started running around, and I you, you might get a couple of the the reds, the sorry, the red ones. Uh, you got pink and then red. Some of the red ones before you even know what to do with them. Yeah, these guys I found interesting um because there's not like anything else like them in the game they uh they explode when you use them they're they 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 blow up stuff so it moves or gets out of your way they light stuff on fire it's kind of what they do but they blow up and they're gone and they're happy to do so very happy to commit suicide for you which is i think is a weird weird thing they're the only ones that die when they do what they're what you ask them to do and they die and that's they're the ones like i said you gather up a lot of tinykin these are the ones that have like a, I mean, everything has a finite number, but no, no, no other Tinykins are decreasing as you get them. But you're given plenty of them. You have one other one. You have these guys, and then later you have the blue ones. Get, they get, they get, they don't die, but they get locked in place. Yeah, but they don't die. You yeah, know, they don't you die. Always go, yeah. You always go pick them back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these guys straight, click, click, boom, <laughs> and they just. <laughs> they remind me of uh, like uh, what do you call it? <laughs> they're happy to do it. Yeah, I mean like Mr. Meeseeks almost. Yeah, look at me. And then they're they're just existence is pain for them. They want to die. <laughs> but I thought I, they I were like this. they were they were yeah. They don't really give uh, personalities to the little things. They're all they're, all of our kind of little happy little creatures. So there's not like their personality is any different from any other one. But it's just funny that they are excited to die. I mean, some people <laughs> some that's uh, fits some people's personalities, I guess. Oh God! At least they have a purpose to serve, and they serve it. Yeah. So you do have for we uh, running around stuff like that. You have an overall. Every place has an overall goal. Or the overall goal is always the same: is to get the relic. Uh, the relic for I don't know what the relic for this was. You know what the relic for this was? I I, I forgot. I didn't write it down because <laughs> uh, each one had like the main relic, and it's a part of the spaceship that you're using to build up. 
I have the names of the lands, but I forgot to write down the the relic. They're just big pieces of something in a house. They're just like they're all. It's all like like the first one with some goggles, and you got the other pieces, and it kind of like puts the ship together. But it, like it's really just about the running around and playing. So we'll say that for you. Each each new map you're going to, you, you got to find. There's one reason or another uh, to get um, the relics. Is what is what's what you're here for. I wrote down some of the things you do, like moving the CD to the CD player to hit the play button. Yeah. You carry the CD, and you get this wishbone. You got to carry it across the map to to connect the electricity. I mean, these are just random things I wrote down, but I don't know if it's as a, like if you're not seeing it happen. Mm-hmm. That's generally what you're, you're you're moving stuff around the house to solve puzzles. Um, but like, I think it's the getting around. The traversal is where traversal is fun and stuff like that. Um, we collecting tons of pollen. We should mention, unlike Pikmin and Wild at Heart, this is a non violent game a non-combat except for the guys exploding yeah but they, I mean they're they're doing it willingly they're not like <laughs> being forced to do that the only thing that might be considered violent is Milo Milo can't get wet for longer than you know a few, few seconds, seconds. I, wrote that, I wrote that I wrote that in here I realized you can die from falls and drowning but you can you can save yourself from falling you can save yourself from falling like, uh, the last second or two like you know there's double you, tap and there's even even achievement to it jumping off something high and then you save tap your... the bu- bubble right before you get the ground to save yourself. There's an achievement yeah. for doing that. Uh, I didn't ever, I didn't ever really die from. Now I would die from falling sometimes because not so much here. When it, on a later level, one with the garden level, mm-hmm. you fall off a vine, and, and I, I didn't want to climb back up. So if you're falling and you save yourself, you have to climb back up. But if you fall and you pop, then you you, you respawn back where you fell off. I, I use so that. I recommend anybody if you're if you're up somewhere somewhere high and you're falling. I know it's like a panic to like just save yourself, but if you pop, you die. There's no penalty for dying, and you respawn back up to where you to fell. where you fell off of. And it's I, I not so that. much a problem in this opening level, um, and the, and, w- and it really any level once you start um, as you explore, you start getting a little spiders and their threads start connecting. You got when you look when you're when you're when you're at the when you're at the end, I'll, you look up and there's just like threads all over the place. The levels are very vertical, very vertical, very vertical. Um, and I'd say they're dense. There's lots of little nooks and crannies. Oh yeah, look everywhere. Yeah, because there's stuff like behind, like in the back corner of under the bed, behind the the, the leg in the furthest corner. There, I think in this one there is a, a whole section where you go through a piano, but you have to get it cracked open first, and this, that, and the yeah. other. And is then that, there's that here? it's here. It, yeah. It's the piano because that's where I died. Making my way to the piano is where I first died in the water. Yeah, I did write. Uh, we mentioned the piano too. I didn't know like the music, the song that's playing changes and adds in piano when you're inside the piano. I did think that was cool. It was really neat. It was really I creative. Really, I really enjoyed that. Uh, there's a guitar laying on the ground. I really like this. There's not you don't, you don't really do anything with it. It's an acoustic guitar. Yeah. There's an acoustic guitar laying on the ground. If you jump inside the guitar, there's a jazz club inside the guitar. There's, there's, there's some a, pollen or whatever. There's some pollen in there probably. But there's a, a jazz band playing, but they're inside the guitar. I think it's a cool little area. It's a cool I, little... I liked it. There's really not, nothing in there, but it's like oh, it's funny. It's cool. That's like actually, that. that's where the, near the end of the level, there's a, one of the bugs is sitting on top of a pile of books and that's the, the scully bug, the one who, who gives the, the X-Files reference. Oh, okay. He's in that room. But there's also a whole thing, like I said, the verticality, you go all the way up to this, like across like the, an, a partially open door that's, I guess it's the closet door. And then you jump across that onto some bookshelves that are high up and mm-hmm. you... Have to. I think one of the relics is way up there. 
Well, you're on the bookshelf, and then you jump onto the door, and you run across the open door. To the other And then jump across to this other yeah. shelf. Yeah, it's really cool. And then to the, the lamp, and then you open it. It's almost like you look in this game, you, like anywhere you see something. They, they tend to put pollen, so you know that, like, oh, I can actually get over there. You can get everywhere, which yeah. is crazy. As high as you think it is, you're like, there's no way. But if you, run, you run, sure run, enough run around and climb and find your way up, you can go pretty much everywhere. Even more so when there's a there's a new tiny kin in the, in the next level we'll talk about that makes it getting up. Getting up higher, even easier. Oh yeah. Um, this also has the weird place. Uh, there's a uh, well. As you're exploring, you're also introduced. Again, I wasn't reading anything, but you are introduced to NPC quests mm-hmm. here, and those pretty much they tell you to go find something for them, and they usually give you. I don't think they give you Paul in return. They give you. They usually give you another item that you need. Yeah. Is, is that mostly what you remember? A lot of it was like one of them was like I need to take a picture of this scary beast. And you have to like have a bunch of pink guys pick up this Polaroid camera, open up this door, and take a picture of whatever's underneath. And you take the picture back to the guy. He's like, "Oh, that's not a scary beast. That's just a, a pink fluffy unicorn." But oh well, here you go. And he'll give you like um, a CD, or he'll sometimes give you, they give you the um, the museum items, the museum item, yeah. or it's the item you need to to keep to unlock the next area. Yeah. There's a lot of you're kind of just trading, trading little, little short, little questy things. A lot of the stuff. Sometimes you'll have some of the stuff already done, which is kind of neat. You'll be, you'll yeah. be doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. You'll be already doing some of the stuff anyway. So that's, that's always kind of fun. And it does. I don't want to like compare the games because one's much more better. But just the way that when much more better, much more better, much better. Because better in a word, it's much more better. Weird. It does sound weird. Because, but anyway. <laughs> When you uh, when you speak to somebody after you've having already completed a quest, it will acknowledge the fact that you've already completed yeah. the quest. It's becoming more common in gaming. Fi- yeah, finally, finally. Seemingly, like if I forget like who was doing it originally, like maybe Witcher, not Witcher. There's earlier games in Witcher too and stuff like that. There was I can't remember the earliest time I ever saw it, but like it was. If it's now, it's finally becoming like, oh, you already did this. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 Well, I already have this item. Dude. Instead of completing a conversation, then talking to somebody again because you already have the item. Like, like in more, conversation, it, it is becoming more common, and I, I appreciate that. Especially, it's just like an added bonus for people who are already a, a kind of experienced in the world or who have done exploring. It's just a kind it's of good a pay, good, good quick payoff for your pre exploring. Yeah. Um, a big building in the middle, a church that worships Ardwin. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just full of item, full of pollen and. It's kind of maneuvering around the church to get because you got to go pass through the church to get to the CD player and stuff like that. It is where you're seeing a church. <laughs> this is an achievement, or it's part of the game where you have to chuck the little fire dudes to light these candles. Yes, well, that's every every level has every every level has has, has some mat- matches. I think yeah. every level has matches, and you got to light all the matches for every level. Um, anything else cool about that first level? The, the coolest thing were on it was like the the musical instruments and then the the verticality. Verticality applies to all the levels. Yeah, but, uh, but this is just kind of where you learn about it. I'm happy to move on to the next one. Yeah. So you do go back to the uh, hub again afterwards when it, when you get whatever the freaking item was that neither one of us wrote down. It's not not that important. Uh, here you'll meet two new guys, um, which I, I I think you might have avoided because I told you it wasn't required. Yeah. You meet Dash and Mock. These two guys. I forget what kind of bugs they are. Again, I didn't I didn't write out what, what kind of bug anybody was in my. Um, I think it was a wasp or a bee. Yeah. So they unlock races. Um, which anytime I see a race in a video game that's not a racing game, I get nervous about achievements and other other bull crap like that. I think there's a racing achievement in a game that costs you a one k. What game was that? Boyfriend Dungeon. 
cost you your oh, that stupid game yeah, yeah. The, the little bird that game little dumb racing thing <laughs> thankfully I did a I did one or two of these before I kind of like opened the achievements and saw that there's nothing that requires you so I wrote unlocking races that aren't required I told Blake before he even met them so you probably didn't even I don't know you probably talked to him mm-hmm. one time and then you never they, they pop up across the maps you can talk to him and do the races it's like running and gliding and soapboarding across the uh, all the threads and stuff like that it's probably supposed to be fun but anytime you have to race in a game that's not a racing game, it's irritating and uh, not fun. Because this, it's not DLC because uh, you don't pay for it. You don't nearly have to download it. This was actually a part of a a free update yeah. that they did. Title update. The title, cool. uh, yeah, title update. And the game said the game came out in August. The title update came out in December, same year, twenty twenty two. And yeah, they added in that. Maybe they added in time attack, and then completing time attacks gave you a new currency which allowed you to buy items to customize your, your main character and the Tynekin. And that was it. Just customize. It's too much work to do for, for cosmetics. Yeah, I didn't care. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I tried one race one time and got really close to like finishing it. And I was just like, nah. Because that was also the only time I ever messed up doing the snowboard because it wanted me to do some stuff that I, you don't normally do. Yeah. Like these time attack, they you think outside of the box and play the game how it's not meant to be played. And so I was just like, nope, not doing this. Don't care. Cool that they thought about it and they add, implemented it to the entire game. Doesn't matter. Don't care. I hate racing. Yeah. Moving on. You are sent to the next level, which is uh, Foliana Heights, which is a greenhouse level. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, it's like, there's just plants and stuff everywhere. Obviously, the most notable thing here is a new Tinykin. Yes. You get the green Tinykin, which they create ladders for you. You just go straight up. Also, they they are... How do I explain it? They, they're, they're small and green. They have legs, arms, but then they have an extra set of massive arms on their head, which look like ears, but they would use that and then form these massive... Massive ladders. Yeah, they're pretty much just a ladder. What's cool about them, I wrote down very useful, easy to use, and I wrote down probably my favorite tiny again because when you have them equipped, you just hit the button. Well, actually, you, don't, you, you hold it. You just hold the button down and you go. Literally, they just lift you straight up. So all they do, it's like so simple and how and how often they how how useful they are the rest of the game, is they just give you extra heights to like get somewhere to make to make a jump easier. Like they they're just they're just or let p- you look, just get the lay of the land, look around. They're just like a pure, like total pure upgrade to playing the game, and I think that's pretty neat. And they don't kill themselves. Yeah, because you could literally, you could stand, <laughs> you could stand anywhere. You're like, I don't know, where, I don't see any pollen. What am I doing wrong? I'm because pollen's, it's kind of like your Pikmin beeps. It like lets you know which where you have left to go in the level. Yeah. Oh, but I say Pikmin, I like Pac-Man. I said Pikmin, but yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah, a little yellow ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you would just you just ladder up. You know, you create a little watchtower and just kind of like, uh, kind of scope the land. But, oh, I see some over here. I see some over there. And you can start plotting your next traversal thing. Like I said, verticality is huge here. There's plants to interact with, you know, because they do a thing with scale where you're like, you use, what was it? You use a, like a rose and it's thorns, but you use the thorns as like a ladder and you pop, 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 pop. Hmm. Like the coolest thing here, I think, though, was the Venus flytraps. Yeah, those they, they, that kills you, but only if you linger on them. Yeah, is there an achievement for getting eaten? There's an achievement. For There's an achievement for getting eaten. Mm-hmm. Buy one. I don't. I didn't write down a whole lot for this level. I wrote down it's 
I've wrote down uh, what maybe the smallest level it's question, question mark. It's the really, smallest. It's kind of kind of tight. Kind of. It's a greenhouse though. Greenhouses yeah. are. And there's like the, the main plant that's growing in the middle of the room that you pretty much try to get all like like you said you get so from there. when you start walking down and you look up you just kind of don't think most video games you won't be like looking up I'm gonna get all the way to the top of there most games you wouldn't. They do a fantastic job with scale. With using and, and using well scale is important when you're tiny I guess but uh <clears throat> yeah. It's it's just a greenhouse. A couple things you think of with plants. I think don't you have to swing on a you glide on like a dandelion thing? No, no. Oh, I'm thinking of a completely different game. Where you you grab a dandelion and <laughs> use that. Sorry, it's another game where you were small and stuff that we'll talk about later in a co-op endeavors. Yeah, I didn't write down much for this level. It's not not that I didn't like the little morning. It's just once you got the movement and stuff down, you kind of just running through the level. And I'll have less and less little notes probably for each of the levels just because of. Once you know what you're doing and you know how to use your new Tinykin, you're kind of just yeah flying through it. Um, so it was, a, it was a greenhouse, and we got a new Tinykin. Yeah, and I actually wrote down, I guess the funnel is the, I have this relic written down for some reason. You get the funnel eventually from the, from this place. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a funnel might, might be the, the relic for this level. Um, changing levels again. Um, to get to the next area, you go through what I can, which is pretty much a sewer, so I have to say every game has a sewer. Mm-hmm. I, said, I started game. with started with started with the surge. I'm gonna try to write down every time I see a sewer in a video game. It should almost be in every single video game. Based off the one we said that we're going to do next, there is a sewer in near, the next game. In the next game, near the end. Yeah, every game has a sewer. We'll keep 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 track of that. Yeah. We'll probably stumble. We'll probably trip over one that doesn't. Sure. But uh, so far. So good. Two, two, we're two for two for, two for every two. game has a sewer. Uh, you're you move to like a sewer like thing to come out in the new area, the waters of Balnea, which is a big, big bathroom area. That's like two rooms actually. Yeah. This one's actually much bigger than the greenhouse. Uh, the, the, the first thing you kind of get for the gist of the level is like, there's just this, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of pooping in this house. The, the whole level is just, Oh, this entire, cause it's like well, the whole, the whole first room is just towers and towers and towers of toilet paper all over the place. Mm-hmm. Cause this is the one that's, cause this is the toilet and then it's the, there's a bath, like a bath, a bathtub on the other side. Through the yeah. Door. Yeah. It's the toilet in one room, of course. And then the, you go through the, we get to the door on the other side and that's where the, the bathtub and everything. And is. then one of the things is creating an uh, opening of the door on both sides. So you have two fast travel points from area one to area two. Yeah. I think this was the biggest level. Had, well, had, I feel like it kind of had to be. This is the biggest level. There is a level later that I think is the most intricate. Maybe. This is two whole rooms. Yeah. There's a lot of toilet paper, yeah. It, it, it's it's a lot. Like the whole the whole first room is just tower. I mean, I know that there's working with what you say, staying in the theme for the level, but it's just towers of toilet paper um, that these bugs live in and have like TPs and <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Yeah, it look, it looks cool. It's yeah. they, they, they make they make it fun. Here, of course, you meet another Tinykin. Eventually, we're, we're gonna, we are going to run out of run out of new Tinykins, but uh, here you get another one, the electric blue Tinykins. They work kind of like circuits. They connect from one power source to another power source. I wrote definitely my least favorite to use. They were a little because you can you can sometimes cheat it, like use like one less than required because it tells you how many you need for it. Uh-huh. And if you space them, because you get to whatever target and yeah. throw your tinykin in the chain, and you can have them stretched to like the very yeah, length the, of their of their fingertips range. or whatever. Yeah, I wish there was. I think they would have been. If there was a different way, and I'm, I'm, I'm not developing, maybe they found this. Maybe they tried multiple ways to use these guys, um, but I just found it not because the way you have to like, 
you're doing like the, an arky throw to throw them, mm-hmm. to place them, and you have to like back up and turn trying to I place. I fell and, off once or twice, like trying yeah. to. Fo- to that that following the, the ladder guys and the ladder guys is a simple button press, so useful. Mm-hmm. These guys were and these guys are kind of more puzzly to kind of figure out maneuver where you need them to go and stuff like that. I just found them just not because you have to have them. To one of the one in this level, probably the first thing you use them on is probably one of the more annoying, is because you have to connect a, an outlet. But as you you start on like one side of this ramp, you literally come down the ramp. And then, like, the ramp form goes around the wall in, like, a massive U-shape. It's like a, a Y-shape ending in a U-shape, and it was just incredibly massive, mm-hmm. and it took a long time to get there. But the cool thing with those is if you throw them, but they don't complete the circuit, you can call them back and use them on other places. Mm-hmm. I, I did get into situations where I would get stuck, because they're the one... You could recall them, you could recall the green ones, and we'll get, we have another one we'll get to, you could recall them. But if the if all the red dude or all the pink ones were like carrying an item, you couldn't have them drop the item and come back. They were stuck holding that item. Like if they were like at a bridge that you hadn't built yet, they would just stay there. And that that no, messed me. I think me there up. was a recall button. I couldn't I couldn't figure one out. There I know there's a, we, we accidentally found one in Wild at Heart later, but I couldn't figure out for the life of me. I pressed all the buttons and I was just like, well, I'll just go find more. That's what just ended up with my strategy being was I would just go find more because you said there's enough. There's plenty. You have more more than enough for everything. But I got caught there. I swear there's a recall button. I couldn't figure it out. I see that we're, you know, four or five levels deep, but we haven't mentioned there's a character who appears in every level. Old ghost kid? Yeah, Gasper. (laughs) Gasper, the ghostly, friendly ant. Uh, He's, uh, yeah, I had to go back for him at some point because there's an achievement for finding Gasper in every level. Yeah. He's, he's just—he's just, he's just a weird little gray, little white, little bug to hide, hide in different little spots. And he's like, "Huh, you can see me." That's really all he really does. Yeah, but, uh, he like, yeah, he's just a friendly ghost. He's like the ghost of an ant, which is kind of funny. Yeah, just but, a Casper reference. Yeah, I just thought that, and his name was Gasper. <laughs> but I just—I I have his name wrote down because he—he does appear in every level, and sometimes he's in like a really like intricate place to find, and that leads to you exploring the area more and finding some of the stuff you're missing, pollen or other tinykin. Yeah, I thought it was definitely. I forgot to mention him earlier, but yeah, he's an every. He's something, he's something I actually had to go back for a couple to mm-hmm. a little. I completed all the other levels. I had to go back and find uh, guy, which didn't really take very long to go find different different spots. My main my main note for this is, was the one thing I wrote down was the was the Jack and Rosebugs. Yes, the Titanic. You to, yeah, you're getting them to get yeah, Jack. Your... The, 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 you know, one bug that's clearly Jack from Titanic, and once Rose from Titanic, and you have to. They're in the opposite rooms. I think they're actually called like Jack and Rose. Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, you have to, you know, get the door open, and then you get give them those different items, and then they 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 unite together. I thought it was kind of funny. On um, the it's like parts of a door, which is funny. Yeah, you know, they they have like this half a door and that half a door, and they come together, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I did. I forgot about Jack and Rose. Just a just a reference, but that's a kind of a funny one. Yeah, but as opposed to just being mountains upon mountains, that's slightly more clever because they were integrated into the game. Yeah, so the other other half of the room is a uh, is like more like a bath bathtub and a washing machine and a couple of other, other different things going on. The main thing you're trying to do in there is get, gather. You're always just gathering components. You're gathering components to really just throw a big party, throw a mass of rave. Yeah, a rave. You're pretty much like setting up all the, all these different items and stuff, setting all this stuff up like a you have like a laser pointer and like because you're well, you're bringing harmony yeah, to the two because people live on this side, people live on that side, and yeah. you're creating a massive rave for everyone to come together 
and the leader of the two groups is like, you've brought peace to our warring tribes and take this relic is mm-hmm. kind of what it is. It's just literally just a massive rave. Yeah. And they give you the relic in your, you, uh, anything else about these two parts you want to talk about? There was like a really high up thing that was kind of so cool. Much, yeah. A lot of, relics. uh, I'm trying to think. Okay. One of my last, uh, the last piece of pollen or whatever I needed in the entire game was here. And it was tucked away inside the washing machine. And all it was, and I just found it by accident. I was like, I'm just going to go through the levels. Just kind of literally run through each level again. And I, I, and it, the game took me a lot longer than it should have just because my, I don't know, my attention to detail or something is every single level I was missing like one pollen or, or two pollen or something. Just enough to make me mad. I had to literally, I had to start replaying through some of the levels, but luckily I was able to Google. And some people are like, "Oh, if you go behind, well, I told you the couple, staircase. I, I told you a couple of awkward, yeah, awkward places. Awkward places, yeah, yeah. And I was able to complete those, which thankfully. But this was literally inside the washing machine. You have to go through like this laser grid jump, mm-hmm. and it was behind you. You have to pan the camera around oh, after a jump, yeah. and then and, the, and then hop across with like your. You're, you had to like leap up with your ladders and then hop across and then it was like a little thing and I was like, oh, thanks, but it, it, the whole game took me 12 and a half hours and it shouldn't have, I don't think, do you remember what it took you? I have it written down that last eight hours, eight hours and seven minutes. And mine was a lot of that. I mean, meaning my time's always longer, but I was literally having to rerunning through levels trying to figure out the stuff that I missed. Yeah. And it was, each one was just barely a little bit less than 10 on each level. I did pretty good. I think I, I don't think I left a level until I had everything. Well, I wasn't sure if I was going to be getting the one K and then when I got literally everything, but that, and I was like cheese and crackers and I'd have to, I started like really trying, but I'm going to go to the next place. Yes. Our next place. So you do, we go back to the, we, we said we'll be here a couple of times. You are passing through the little, the little, the little opening tutorial area again, transit door, kind of going through there. There's, um, the upstairs part of this does have, um, pollen and stuff like that together and other other things there's no new tiny kid but there's a bunch of pollen and stuff you want to get mm-hmm. and i forget if there's anything else but the whole point of here right now is passing through it to get to the next level mm-hmm. which is the land lands of ambrose which is the kitchen level the only thing of note in the second part of the transador crossing was ascending the stairs and then taking a mass there's like a glide thing down the the rail the the guardrail the handrail grind. yeah and then there is a, uh, a like a grandfather clock to, to manipulate with a cuckoo yeah. bird, and that. And was... you actually do see the entrance to you actually see the entrance to the next level. You just can't go in it yet. Do you get an item? Yeah. You get something from the other other. So the... while well, you're doing something else, it's all connected. You're doing you're going to the next level, the kitchen level, to get something to take back to the old man, and the old man takes you back to the pier again to the other entrance, and he gets you into the, the next to the level, final area. Final area. Oh, maybe the kitchen level is my least favorite level. Uh, it's my least favorite level with my least favorite Tynigan. Yeah, I found kind it of, very kind like of, kind of boring. I was like, "Why is this here?" Yeah, it seemed strange. This adds on to like how the other ones you already have. So this, I wrote, I wrote down that makes makes this level take the longest because of the new Tynikins, the yellow Tynikins. All they do is make ramps, make like bridges, like make yeah. bridges, and they connect connect places to other places so your pink guys can carry something somewhere else. But you can, they're not permanent fixtures. 
Yeah, you, you have to like build. There's only enough of them to like build a build a ramp here, and then you have to collect them. And then there is a button because you you collect the tiny you you collect the yellows faster that way. Yeah, but I guess it didn't work on the pink ones when they were carrying something. Um, I don't know. So you only have you have only have enough to like make a ramp, and then the tiny the, the pinks will walk and they'll stop at the next place. You got to collect your guys and build another ramp, and they got to walk across that and collect them again. It just made this whole level a lot longer and a lot less fun than it probably could have been. Let me just. I think it's just because of the yellow the yellow tinykins are the, the the lamest of the bunch. It's like let me just make a bridge and let it stick. Yeah, it's not. Let me let me knock over a spoon. Let me let me. Yeah. You know, a, a cutting board. Let me do, let me do fun stuff like well, that. Like I said, if if I'm in a kitchen, let me pick up a, like I said like a, like a carton of milk or something, tip it over or anything. Yeah. Knock open knock open the trash can or have a get something heavy to sit onto a trash can step and have the lid flip up to create you know a bunch of stuff besides just I I didn't care for the, for them. It may it just was like. A nuisance more than anything. A lot of times you're like, you'll build a ramp and well, you're running ahead of yours. You ever pink guys pick up an item and you run ahead of them? In fact, you know, run ahead of them, mm-hmm. build a ramp and just wait. It gave like a sense of this urgency. Is the, this is the most, the most, the furthest the pink guys ever have to travel for anything, probably. Oh, for sure. To get anywhere. And what they're doing is you're collecting all the ingredients to make a, a cake, mm-hmm. which I guess the cake's going to unite unite these people or make everybody happy. It's a big giant cake, but you're collecting ingredients for a cake from all, all different parts of the level. Yeah, it, it was my least favorite because of that. It had some cool stuff. Yeah. Like just the way some of the things they were using, like the freezer runoff to have this cool little like rice patty farm like in China and stuff like those little cool layered. Yeah, that was cool. I did write the, that weird thing when you pop the toaster and you put that bread in the toaster and it pops the toaster and the toaster knocks this latch off this cabinet. I wrote toaster pop. Hard bread? Question mark because this yeah. is bread that Cause it, pops out of a toaster really high, really and high. like knocks a latch off of a cabinet to open a cabinet to get inside. There's some other guys hanging outside the cabinet. It's like the China have, cabinet. They have something you need inside the cabinet, but I was I thought that was strange. Is this the one that has the uh, draining the sink too? Mm-hmm. I like I like the draining the sink. Too draining the sink stuff. was kind of cool. And also the one we, what we talked about before is using also using the pinks. I forgot about here because you use the pinks to waste pull on stuff like you throw 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 because you could throw the yeah, pinks their weight and they weigh and they pull stuff down. This can't be the first place you do it. No, because that, that, that's how you pull the plug out of the sink. I bet you we use it a bunch throughout the game. We we forgot to mention we, the first place I remember you using it is in the greenhouse to operate the gates to going in and out of their their little. A walled city or whatever you have to throw them yeah but yeah but it, but it does open once and it, like you do it and like throw like five of them and, and they, they lock it, it in place or and whatever. they pull it down so i forgot about to mention that earlier that'd have been cool to have like i would have preferred like fat bugs or fat tiny can as opposed to these stupid yellow ones ones that were just heavy that you would use to weigh things down have more weight puzzles maybe mm-hmm. yeah. little, but the, the bridges were so annoying and it was like also near the end of the game and I'm excited every time I got a Tinekin and then I got this one and I was like okay cool bridge oh oh <laughs> I was just sad yeah it was I, I yeah sorry for pooping on the game near the end but that was my least favorite yeah it was a cool thing we crack open a uh, the freezer and stuff like that I remember the, cracking open the freezer and getting like some ice things out of there and breaking them I'm trying to think of anything else that was really cool there because it was like also by this point in the game you was kind of like I'm ready for this to be over with <laughs> A little bit. No offense to them. You're like, oh, I don't need five. I could have just had four and been done. <laughs> but, I think it's because you just wanted a better. Yeah, the better Tinekin. Uh, so pretty much that we're done with there. You get the. Yeah, I'm uh, done, done with You get the, the relic, and then you go back to what's, it, what's his name? Uh, read me, read me. Read me. And then he takes you back to uh, Transistor Crossing to go up to the. You would have saw it earlier. It's like a bunch of people. It looks like a, like a circus little entrance. 
There's, but the guy won't let you in when you're first there. Until you got uh, like a ticket or something. Redmi brings you there. He has a ticket or something. something. He lets you in to the um, uh, the final. The, well, sort of. There's like there's like a final final part that's really small. Incredibly this tiny. This is the final level full of stuff. Uh, Celeron Park. This is a toy room. It's really cool. It's really like oh, yeah. t- something about you. Obviously, being tiny in a in a room full of toys is uh, I, I said a fun idea. Probably why they saved it for last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, and, and you have access to everything. Like you're making ramps. Uh, one of the ones was like you made you made a ramp bridge. This is probably the only cool thing you did with the uh, the yellow ones. You made a ramp bridge, and then you had your pink ones push a little rolling car off a hill, and it ramped. And it was a it was a one time use ramp, which made sense like, here. And it ramped off, and the car like knocked some blocks off, and mm-hmm. you know it created you a, a, a pathway into a castle. And then there was a there's a massive T-Rex you had to yeah, fight. I hope the stabbing the dinosaur with the sword was pretty brutal. I mean, they, they, were, they were toys, but like, it's yeah. about the only like stabbing you do in this game. It wasn't near compared to what happened in, um, what was that game? You and me? Mm-hmm. Two of us. The two of us, or what's it called? It takes two. It takes two. Yeah. When you brutally murder that pink elephant. Yeah, that's, I've, I've talked about that with other people. Like the most violent scene I've ever seen in a video game. And it was, yeah. <laughs> Just... But this was kind of like that. This was nowhere near as rough as that. No, was, but it's still funny. I was like, "Dang!" But this because you, is... you, you get your pinks to carry that sword all the way to the dinosaur, and they just like chuck it at him. Oh yeah, but this is where the the Pokemon references inside yeah, the, the casino, hidden, the hidden, room, the hidden yeah. casino, and that was pretty cool. Then there's the the asteroid stuff hopping across the rings up top. That was which would be really hard if you didn't have the ladder plus the bubble makes it. Oh yeah, makes not, it a, makes it not irritating. You, I did fall off, but I just let myself die. Yeah, you let yourself die and pop back pop up back to the top. Yeah. Then there was, like I said, the dinosaur. Then there was a wasn't there a dragon, or was it a pterodactyl that you would eventually you got on top of and you had it, it acted as the central point for all the uh, the webs to connect to. Oh yeah, in the in the top of the building, the top of the. the was that a dragon or was it a pterodactyl? Big thing with it wings. was a big big, big thing, thing with wings, wings. and it, it wasn't had, a had, plane, but it, but it had your little your little. Threads attached to the tail on, and on all tail, the wing nose, and, and both nose. wings. Yeah, you can, and that you can, like your central sliding, central sliding point. And then there was one of the little things was gathering all of the like. Okay, everyone had this when they were a kid, but it, it's that that wooden thing, and it was like, ooh, the tiger goes here, the elephant goes here, and it was like the little placards with like little knobs on them that you place into the the shape of the animal. And you did that, but you had to create. You were creating a menagerie mm-hmm. for this guy. You just went and got all the planks without putting them in the actual game board. If that yeah, makes any he sense. Had a, he, had a, he had a little place for them. Yeah. Uh, what was that cannons? I remember there's been like toy cannons. Oh right? yeah, you had to use that a couple of times. You threw a bunch of you threw the pink ones in there, thinking you pulled the little peg and you launched them. And that was like in the because the whole thing's like circus themed, of course. And because you're gather okay, you're, the whole point is you're gathering car parts to do a race i think yeah i wrote you're trying to put trying to fix the racetrack and get get the car to the racetrack yeah yeah that's like the main little it's like the main thing you see in the center of the room is the racetrack missing some pieces and the car is broken it's like a a rube what do you call it rube goldberg thing with with the racetrack like the whole whole game is kind of like that where all these pieces fit together but not near as complicated but this was the most complicated with all the different moving pieces Mm because you had everything yeah, use all the Tinykins. Yeah. Lost a little suicide. Too. There's, you went through quite a few of them. Bless their hearts. But did you have another favorite part? I'm trying to remember. Really, it's, got a, it's, got a, it's just a whole bunch of really cool like individual puzzles that you're like, oh, that was really cool. I'm glad it didn't go on forever. Yes. Yeah, like you said, from the last level, you're kind of I'm ready to be running, out, running out of you're running out of motivation for the game a little bit. And even though it's you know it's really cool, you know sometimes the game kind of 
goes on a little too long. Uh, you get anything else for this level? Mm. Nah, I'm good. Yeah. So you take all this stuff back to the, you get your last component here and you take it all, relic, I guess you should say, take it all back to the thing. You build the whole machine and you turn it on and it doesn't work. Burr, 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 burr. It yeah. does not work at all. And then um, I wrote, a rope falls from the ceiling conveniently. Yeah. Like the roof, ceiling of the room opens up, a grate opens up and a rope falls down. Which is weird considering the uh, where you're going, the guy wasn't expecting you. Yeah. So much why the the ceiling opens up and a rope drops down, I don't know. But you get all the way up to the top of the of the hub area, and you get to the the final area, the final map. There's not a lot here, but it's called the the last refuge. Uh, it's just an attic map. Uh, there's nothing really here. Besides, there's a a radio playing, which I wrote you. Uh, turn off the music because it was doing something to the inhabitants of the house what's you remember what was happening there it was keeping them uh, like sub- subconsciously like placated or something and separate keeping people in their room because it was it was playing through the the air ducts and it was keeping them from crossing into that's why you don't see a lot of other bugs like all the prey mantises were here all the ladybugs were here all the it, it, like a weird, weird little control thing yeah it kept them like a sound like a subconscious sound barrier it kept him from going to other places inside the house. That's weird. I guess that was because of the guy that's here. So you meet uh, Ardwin here, the last human, question mark. Is he not really a human? He's more of a mutant. Yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, he's been alive for a really long time. I forget where everything he says because uh, I was kind of like half reading it. Also, annoyingly, his, uh, his when you're talking to him, random lines of dialogue he has revoiced. Only, yeah, random lines. It's... I don't know who decided or why, but like random lines are voiced. Kind of irritating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I, don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, I really kind of talked, he kind of explains what he's been doing. I don't remember, again, we weren't really... Well, because like something happened, because he's been alive for a long time. Something happened, and I think it was part of his experiment where it kind of does the uh, honey, I shrunk myself situation where he made himself small by accident and was trying to figure out how to make himself big again. And you find out that this this house, this world, is his house. And whatever he did to make himself small, he it looks like it seemed to have survived some sort of like an extinction level event or something, because no one else seems to be alive. And he's lamenting about his wife and kids. Sad game. Suddenly super sad. Suddenly super sad. Yeah, but he's like excited to find out that uh, that uh, human life continued to exist somewhere. So else. something happened with this extinction level event, and they launched people into space, which is weird that you would come back to Earth and you're super tiny, but as you find out at the beginning of the game, the planet that you're on, Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis, Aegis, however you want to pronounce it, uh, was also, their year was 2748. So they had lived on that planet for approximately 2,748 years after they left Earth, which I guess their evolution led to them to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and get smaller. It's weird. Or through technology, I'm not entirely sure, but it's kind of like, and then you you get to leave, sort of. So he tells you uh, your that the machine just needed more power, mm-hmm. and he tells you you have you have the item that you you had the item that has power enough power all along. And we hadn't mentioned it because I kind of forgot about it, but if you stand still long enough, Maladane's idle animation is he's like playing with this little uh, like cube box. Thing. It's, like, it's like a little bone, like a little like a little glowing bone thing apparently it's like a little toy mm-hmm. i guess and uh and the dude arwin tells him that little bone has enough power in it to power the the ship such a weird little thing you yeah. wouldn't think about i think it's part of the what was left over from your ship after it crashed maybe or something it's like a little i forget but he had he has it the entire game 
Yeah, you barely think about it because he only he kind of he only whips it out and plays with it if you're if he's standing still for it. <laughs> he only whips his bone out and plays with it when he's standing alone by himself. Yeah, or or in crowded rooms. I don't know. I mean, if he's an exhibitionist, I won't judge him. But anyway, so that kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit, but it's kind of convenient. You have what you need to power the ship. Uh, there's an ending cutscene where Maladane and uh, I think Ardwin has to convince him to let him go with him. I think Ardwin's a bit of a gray area whether he's somewhat evil or not. But uh, yeah. You know, they tell they hop in the machine and teleport to the multiverse. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much it's kind of what it looks like in the end. Yeah, so who knows that maybe, maybe they're going to try to you know, put do a, a tiny kid sequel of some sort. Because uh, about a year ago, give or take ish, little after the game came out, the the two creators, what is it, Roman and Marie, and then the writer Benoit did do a Reddit AMA, and where they were asked about like sequels and the DLC. And they talked about the DLC briefly, so they were working on something but couldn't say it, and they ended up being the free title update with the racing and the characters. And uh, Roman Claude says he can't say anything now, but if things go well, there is a chance for a sequel and they, that they would like to pursue. Cool. So, who knows? Chance for a sequel they'd like to pursue is all he was able to say. Yeah. I did um, all 43 achievements, like I said, in 8 hours and 7 minutes. Mine was twelve and a half, but it's also like other things because I'm all my time's always slower. Mm-hmm. But then I, I I was having to literally run through levels, and I was like, I was like, all right, I'm in the first level with the um. The I, think we, I think we, every every level has a a menu you can pull up that tells you your total count for everything. for that level, yeah. And I was able to just basically go down. I had like a list of like, ooh, top top three areas missed in Sanctar, top three areas missed in. Belania, top three areas, and I was go go through everything, 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 and I was able to figure it out. But it took me a lot longer than it should have. To the point, I was like, I'm about to give up. Mm-hmm. I'm literally about to give up. I don't care. That sucks. But you got through it. But I ended up, I did end up getting it. Thankfully, I just wish I'd got it faster. That's my biggest qualm. Was like I said, I paid more attention while because I wouldn't, I wasn't honestly planning on getting the one K. If I just paid more attention from the get go, I probably would have been able to cut my time down by yeah. a good bit. It's entirely your fault. You're. I suck at video games. Got things you want to talk about? This, ep- this episode is going to be quicker. Uh, we, we sort of prom- we prom- sort of promised Brian after handing him a really long one last time. The episode links are going to vary depending on the game itself. This game is clearly quite a bit shorter than mm-hmm. the Surge was, and every game the next game is pretty short too. Uh, but our our episode links are going to be kind of going up and down depending on the uh, the amount of game amount of gameplay and stuff like that there is to talk about. Only a, t- a few small things. I just wanted to make yeah. n- note. Because um, I didn't say it earlier, but I wanted to make note about it moving forward, is the game was published oddly enough by a company called Tiny Build, which yeah, I've heard, has I've heard of them. has nothing to do with Tiny. Can I start it with? But it was also spelt the same way. It had the word Tiny was small, the word Build was big. Like this is the word Tiny is small, but they, they don't really have any correlation. They're just the word Tiny. That's weird. I thought that was kind of cool, and I want to bring it up just because we don't talk about them enough. But it is cool to bring it up is the engine that was used for this ended up being the Unity engine all over the place. I wanted to try to make note of just to mention the engine, so if we come across ever come across a, a unique one, we can talk about it, like the one we did with Hydrophobia, yeah, the Hydro well, engine. Yeah, Unity and Epic or uh, Unreal are the two. All, all over the place, yeah. The two big ones. We, got your little, we, got, we have our silly little mean-nothing rating, rating at the end here. I, I got mine, yes. You you do want, your... I'll do mine. Yeah. It is, I would give it... A, because I was annoyed by the end and just kind of ready for it to be over with, and I shot myself in the foot, I will give it a 6 out of 10 
uh, soap board grindings over spider thread. I'll do mine. Um, <laughs> I do seven tiny suicides out of ten. Because I, I enjoyed it. when I, when I, I spent a little less time with it than you did, but I was never really annoyed. The only time I was ever annoyed was one of the races, and then I realized I didn't have to race. Yes. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the gameplay and stuff like that. I kind of enjoyed enough uh, en- enough of it to come out of the game happy on the end. That's that's like a good six or a seven for me. I'm not going to rave about it or anything. You, ra- you get into like eight, nines, and like tens, like perfect. But again, yeah. our ratings don't mean anything. It's just for fun. This is a good, a good strong seven because I, I was happy at the end. And I, I didn't have too much to complain about. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I wish the uh, the writing wasn't all references and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it definitely needed some better sprucing up of writing. And so we're not the only ones. The game itself is genuinely well-received, a bunch of eights and sevens across the boards. Yeah. And most people seem to say the same thing, because it won... You, you, you might have been a seven if you didn't shoot yourself in the foot, which is kind of yeah, your fault. Yeah, it's a little bit of my fault. But regardless, the thing a lot of people talked about was was that. was the um, It didn't win a lot of awards, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, but it was nominated for a bunch and 90% of the time, it was placed on the honorable mention list. Be like, oh, you know, this game didn't win, but it came, you know, it didn't make the pedestal, or it came in a close second or third. It got a whole, whole lot of honorable all over the place. And I just like, some of the big ones, the biggest one being Metacritic was, depending on which version you played on, it got a 77 for PS5, 78 PC, 86 for the xsx which i guess is a pc or something i don't know what xsx is but oddly enough the highest rating it got was on the switch which is a just weird maybe it's just people like to say oh this game is perfect for the switch yeah but anyway it it considered enjoyable and the characters designs were adorable was just that seems to be the general consensus of the game was cute and fun yep and I, i agree with that assessment now a lot less cute and a lot less fun as it, it, the game game we'll be playing, we'll be uh, talking about next episode. I'll go ahead and say, yeah, very much so. Uh, this is a game um, if you can't uh, apparently you can't even buy it no more. So it's kind of kind of dumb to do it for a podcast, but it's something we had on our list for a long time. I've been trying, flailing through all the games we own. It's a whole we made a podcast. And we have so many freaking games we're trying to get through, and the podcast kind of pushes us to play certain things. Tinykin was just something leaving Game Pass, which you know. We're not a Game Pass podcast. No. That's okay, because uh, what's it called? was uh, Surge was Gamefly. This was Game Pass. The next game, a game called White Knight. That's white regular night as in day or night, not knight. Uh, white Knight is a game that I bought uh, a very long time ago, and I have sorted my, my games I own on my Xbox by purchase date. Trying to like maybe go back and play things that I spent money on a long, long time ago. Yeah. And White Knight was at the very white. I must have bought it on a at my Xbox One ten years ago. <laughs> I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, white Knight is a third person sort of noir survival horror game. Yeah, third person survival horror. You can die in it a lot, a lot. Yeah. So we'll get into that. You didn't beat it, right? I, I beat it. I, did. I didn't get the 1K, I don't think, but I did beat it. Something screwed me over. I didn't. I missed like a collectible, Yeah, and I couldn't go we'll, back. We'll talk about that then. So changes are you don't have – nobody ha- really has their hands on this game because it's, it's been, I think, been re- removed from the network. But I do suggest before the next uh, podcast, if you just pull it up on YouTube for a little bit and kind of get a, get a look at what the game looks like because that's about the coolest feature of the game is how it looks. Uh, it's very unique and probably why I bought it why I bought it so many years ago. So that's that.
Uh, we'll be doing White Knight next week. All right, I want to wrap things up here by thanking Jared and the guys of Emerge for letting us use the song Letting Go for our intro. I always say it's probably the best part of the podcast, and there's no shame in that, I guess. Maybe there should be some shame. Nah. Uh, I want to thanks to Milad Markovic, a.k.a. Devious Pixel, for the art for the podcast, especially the brand new 100-episode art. It's awesome. We love it. Thank you, Maden. And, of course, I don't want to forget thanking Brian for uh, editing the podcast for us. We really appreciate the time he spends doing that and the effort he puts into it. That's all I got. So come to our Twitch streams when we have one. Just, it's easier, but easier to, we ain't got a schedule for it. It's too hard to schedule it for us. But uh, just follow us on twitch.tv forward slash two smoking controllers and come hang out when we play games with uh, me, Blake, and Brian. Or uh, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. We put the post out right at that. And uh, with that, I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night. Thank you.